It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. Josh Ward stops by the show for Award Wednesday Conversation. Josh Heupel, another Josh, stopped by the Eric Ains show on Tuesday, and he made a lot of Tennessee fans feel a whole lot better. We'll play that audio. Plus, Tennessee basketball, a big winner on Tuesday night. All that and more here on a Wednesday, Locked on Vols. You are Locked on Vols, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Locked on Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Radio personality at 991 The Sports Animal in Knoxville, Tennessee, the flagship station for the University of Tennessee. Also a writer uh, covering Tennessee football and recruiting for VolQuest. That's the rival site of uh, the uh, Rivals Network. So, got a fun show coming up here today. Got a lot of audio to play. My conversation with Josh Ward, that'll kick things off. Of course, Josh Heupel on the Eric Gaines Show and recapping a fun game for Tennessee basketball. So, full speed ahead here on a Wednesday. Want to thank you guys for making Locked On Vols your first listen each and every day. Can't thank you enough. And without further ado, let's go ahead and hit it. Josh Ward on Tennessee's win against Vanderbilt. A little recruiting and beyond here for the 2021 season. Here is Josh Ward. Josh, how are we doing today, man? Yeah, doing well. Uh, I can't believe the regular season is over. Still bowl game to go, recruiting season, coaching search season. So uh, we're just moving along in the college football world. Yeah, well, I want to get your thoughts on the whole coaching carousel. We talked about it on the show uh, a couple of days ago and you know how it might pertain to Josh Heupel and all that. But I'll get to that in a moment. But kind of looking back at Tennessee finishing off the regular season, a easy 24-point victory, 45-21 over Vanderbilt. I kind of phrase it as Tennessee C efforts. Didn't play great, but still got that easy win. Yeah, it was an easy win. It was not Tennessee's best performance. Tennessee also didn't need anywhere close to its best performance against Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt brought good effort. I thought I had a good plan. There was just a huge mismatch. This was a really bad SEC team that was playing at Neyland Stadium. But Tennessee still did all that it needed to. Theo Jackson had the pick six, and honestly, it felt like the game was over there. I know they had to play things out. And again, Vanderbilt had a good plan. I think uh, defensively, they they knew what they had to try to do against Tennessee's offense. But uh, Tennessee still had just a, a tremendous advantage, and Tennessee was bound to have some kind of game where they didn't look their best. They didn't look like they were that sharp. And it being the final regular season game at Neyland Stadium, it's cold, it's senior day, so you have the emotions that are going on. To me, it's not a surprise that, that it played out that way. If not for the Hail Mary, you still have Tennessee most likely winning by more than 30 points. So if you can play uh, not so impressively and win by 24 points, that's actually kind of impressive. Josh, when you look at this team uh, in the performance on Saturday, you had two backs finished with over 100 yards on the ground, just like the way Tennessee started the season with Tyon Evans and Jabari Small. Tennessee ends the regular season with Small and then Jalen Wright, SEC Freshman of the Week. How have you seen him grow as the uh, as the season's gone along? It looks like he's much more comfortable in this offense than he was, say, against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I would say that Jalen Wright probably ended the season with a much better understanding of what he needed to do, not just as a runner, but just within the offense, uh, what his role would be and what the running back does. And yeah, I think every player has to understand in the offense what their role is, whether it's in the running game. Uh, like receivers, their ability to block or certainly make plays uh, in the passing game. And that applies to guys in the backfield as well. Tennessee still needs to find more help at running back. I think that's a priority for Tennessee's coaching staff, both on the recruiting trail. Justin Williams is the name that we've talked about over the last few weeks or the transfer portal. I think Tennessee's looking to find more help, maybe even upgrade in terms of talent 
in the backfield. But Jalen Wright, I think, also showed that he can help Tennessee and will improve, and he's going to work hard. He was kind of underrated as a recruit, and I think he probably still has that that edge to him that, hey, they're going to try to bring in some other guys, so I have to try to con- I have to continue to compete if I want to be on the field. Josh, how big is it Tennessee getting back Jerome Carvin? You know, he broke that news with us on the locker room Sunday night, not trying to pat myself on the back. I didn't do anything at all. But nonetheless, Jerome Carvin coming back uh, to Tennessee, how big is that? So you think you deserve, what, half credit for Jerome coming back to Tennessee, not full? Yeah, whatever name, image, and likeness deal he signs up in this offseason, okay. I think I deserve half of it. That's what I'm saying. Okay, uh, that seems reasonable. I think it's really important for Tennessee because – the depth of the offensive line is going to be a question going into next year, and that will partly be answered by how well some of the players who didn't play much this year developed. You have some young guys on the roster. Uh, Crawford, the junior college transfer, what kind of leap can he make potentially as a starter next season? But that's still a question. Uh, offensive linemen, five through whatever, eight or nine, where, are, where is Tennessee next year? But getting the other guys back who played in this system this year, and I think probably improved and Jerome Carvin I think is just an important leader of the offensive line to have somebody like that back who can start for you guard who has the versatility to play center if needed and has just gone up against the best defenses in the SEC to have him back for another year I think that's really important for Tennessee Josh what would you say to Tennessee fans who you know it's, it's going to be a little while of impatience uh the questions might be well why have they come out and said they're coming back yet but I fully expect Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman um, and I'm, I'm a little unfamiliar with this process. I understand it from an NBA perspective a little bit better, and that's kind of surprising because I'm not a I'm not a uh, NBA guy uh, like you, Josh Ward, 90s Bulls. But the NFL draft advisory board essentially sending in your paperwork saying, hey, give me a grade and tell me what I need to work on. They get that back. They evaluate it. Then they decide, well, do I want to go to the draft or do I want to come back to college? To my understanding, Josh, you get those report cards back sometime, you know, early January, and then you have a cutoff of January 17th where you get to decide, hey, I'm going to come back and be a super senior or I'm going to go. If that is all lining up, what I'm saying, and that is correct, you know, what's this time period going to be like for Tennessee fans? Because I think the expectation is those two will come back, but it might not be a while like it was for Jerome Carvin announcing. Right. I don't know what the timeline is, but. Right now, I would say fans need to have some patience and expect to have to wait on a decision. Maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe, especially with Hinton Hooker, maybe he decides, you know what, I'm just I'm going to go ahead and come back and, and get ready uh, because I think that's the more important position, not to take away from Cedric Tillman, but obviously what happens at quarterback will have a bigger impact on Tennessee's football team next year. But you just laid it out. I mean, we're just now at the start of December, so you have about a month and a half. You have roughly six weeks for these players to, to be able to decide if they want to. Now, Tennessee's coaching staff, either way, I think needs to go out and find a quarterback in the transfer portal. So you go ahead and do that depending on who, who enters. You know, this is a big week for that. But in terms of Hendon Hooker's official decision, it might take some time. And I would advise him to take as much time as he needs. Let's see what the NFL says. Let's see what kind of response he gets. And then he ultimately has to make the decision himself, but uh, I think there there's a lot of confidence that he'll be able, that he will be back at Tennessee next year. But uh, if fans are wanting a decision immediately so that they can go ahead and get ready for their excitement for 2022, you might have to wait on that. Josh Ward, host of Sports 180. Last thing, man, um, I, I want to ask you about what's going on in college football right now. I mean, we've got 
Lincoln Riley, who, let me stop you right there, I'm not going to be coaching at LSU less than 24 hours bolting for USC. He didn't lie. You've got Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame, going to the SEC, taking on LSU, where I think he can win a national championship. I think both of those moves were really, really smart by both of those head coaches. Nonetheless, you're starting to see that carousel go. Um, what do you kind of make of all this, man? Is it is this been as uh, fast-moving carousel, the wildest time uh, that you can think of in the last couple of uh, last couple of years? Yes, uh, it's been unlike anything that I've seen. And think about Tennessee fans who have seen a number of coaching searches and how it can drag out, and you can have this coach play around a little bit and then just stay and get a raise, and then same can happen with the next coach, and very quickly. Florida hires its guy, not as high-profile, certainly, with Billy Napier, but then USC does get the high-profile guy in Lincoln Riley, and then LSU does get the high-profile guy. Coaches don't leave Oklahoma or Notre Dame to go to another college, and then it happened on consecutive days. That's uh, It's unprecedented, really, in terms of what we've seen. So uh, let's see what happens next, but uh, it's been a wild start to the offseason. You know, Brian Kelly's move is incredible, considering his team has a chance to go to the playoff. And he has already decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and jump to another school. Kind of makes the, the days just a few years ago of criticizing players for opting out of bowl games seem kind of silly when a coach is opting out of a playoff, a potential playoff opportunity. But um, you know, times are changing. Money's being spent. Mel Tucker gets a huge deal at Michigan State. That helps Brian Kelly get a huge deal at LSU. Lincoln Riley's deal is massive at uh, USC. So it's a... Uh, it's a wild time, and uh, in the SEC, the pressure is only going to get greater. We saw it affect Ed Orgeron out in less than two years after winning a national title. Dan Mullen out just a few weeks after being praised for how well his team was playing against Alabama and where Florida ranked nationally. Then he's out of a job. Now Brian Kelly comes into LSU. That's going to create pressure for him immediately, but also put pressure on other coaches. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. Saban's fine. Kirby Smart's probably fine. But you know, what if Georgia doesn't win the national title? They're going to freak out down there, even if Georgia has one of its best seasons ever. If you like Josh Ward, well, catch him every single weekday on 99.1 The Sports Animal, 12 to 3. It is uh, He is the host of Sports 180. So Josh Heupel stopped by the Eric Gaines Show on Tuesday to put a lot of a lot of worry to rest, in my opinion, for Tennessee fans. We will play that audio on the other side. But first, guys, let me remind you about Price Picks. All right, it's daily fantasy that's made really easy. I love it, and I believe you will as well. It's the leader in college sports daily fantasy. Offers more props than anyone in the world, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Okay, it offers more college football props uh, with the Power Five players and the mid majors as well. All you need to do, okay, for new users, use the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, that promo code for the 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That promo code Locked On. You pick the two to five players, the over and under, the projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries as well, and you can take over. Uh, you can take the over for total points in the NBA game or the under in the second half line for an NFL contest. Use the award-winning app at both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy, and Price Picks offers safe and fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use that promo code Locked On, or you can go to the App Store and download the app today. It is Price Picks Daily Fantasy made easy. All right, so I know a lot of you guys listening right now, you might have been putting your best foot forward, and, and, and that's smart, that's good. But I know some of you guys have been a little bit worried, right? Because this coaching carousel, I mean, it's 
It's nothing like we've seen before. I mean, you talk about high-profile gigs, high-profile coaches leaving one high-profile job to go to another, okay? You know, Brian Kelly, never my wildest dreams when I think he was going to leave Notre Dame, especially after that university has stuck by his side amidst just, you know, a decade-plus of a lot of turmoil, right? I mean, we, we had the tragedy during his first season back in, I believe, 2010, where the student worker, you know, fell from uh, that, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the thing, you know, they, they film on those things that stretch, looks like a, like a ukulele. Um, you know, every football you know team in America has, you know, student managers that film practice and stuff, you know, get those tight views, and, you know, the wind was blowing and one fell, and, and tragically, you know, one of those, uh, you know, those student managers at the time lost their life. I mean, that was, that was awful. I'm not saying that that is, you know, Brian Kelly's fall, but again, he's the head coach of the university's football team when that happened, made the decision uh, to go out there. But the university stood by him during that. There was a, a sexual assault allegation investigation that went on to where, you know, the report says, you know, Brian Kelly told his football player to remain quiet, not say anything. Um, there was an academic fraud situation to where you had some members, some more student managers who were doing some of the homework for, you know, the, uh, the football players. And that went on for a couple of years. And so I'm not saying any of this is directly his fault, but in the same sense, I mean, you are the head football coach of university. So I didn't mean to get off on a tangent there about Brian Kelly, but never in my wildest dreams would I think Brian Kelly would leave Notre Dame, the all-time winningest head coach at, at Notre Dame, not, not Mississippi State, not Arkansas. We're talking Notre Dame and bolt for another job. But LSU is that appealing. Plus, you're going to get paid double the amount of salary that, that you were making uh, essentially at Notre Dame, right? And there's a clearer path to the college football playoff. I'm not going to say it's easier because it's the SEC West, but there is a clearer path. So you got Brian Kelly, okay? You got Lincoln Riley, uh, who was leaving Oklahoma to go to USC. We talked about him on the show yesterday. I think that is a smart business decision, okay? Um, you've got a new head coach named at Virginia Tech on on Tuesday. Um, you have a new head coach at Washington named on Monday. Um, you are, you know, of course, Billy Napier. We mentioned him, you know, earlier this week. Uh, so you got head coaching gigs open at Notre Dame right now and at Oklahoma. So where I'm going with this is, you know, Tennessee's head coach and Josh Heupel, you know, played at Oklahoma, was a Heisman runner-up at Oklahoma, coached at Oklahoma for nine seasons, won a national title as an assistant coach, I do believe, if my years are adding up right. Um, there's a lot of history there, okay? Josh Heupel, of course, the ending was not good. Bob Soups fired him. He was essentially the, state, uh, the, the scapegoat um, when he should have fired his brother because his defense was trash. So it did not end, where, but end well, but still, there's some worry because what Josh Heupel's done, the success that he's had as a head coach uh, at three years at UCF, of course, being offensive coordinator at Missouri and um, his other stops at Oklahoma and all that top. I mean, he's he's built quite the resume. And what he's done at Tennessee this year, you know, we know it's it's been pretty impressive. So there's been some worry there that Josh Heupel might bolt to, quote-unquote, go home. Okay, just like Lane Kiffin did uh, to Southern Cal. I mean, it's not the same type of situations, but it's it's kind of paralleling, right? You know, Lane Kiffin was not the first choice for USC. He was about the fourth or fifth choice. By the time they finally got to him, he said, let me come home, let's do this. I, to my knowledge, I don't even know if Oklahoma's called Josh Heupel. I don't know if I don't know where Josh Heupel will be on the pecking order. I think he's down there. I think you need to make more of a splash higher. I think Brent Venables is probably the odds-on favorite to land that job. But still, there's reason for worry, right? Um you know, even if we say it's not likely, even if I tell you it's not in my opinion, even if I tell you everybody I've spoken to says don't worry about it, it's still human nature to worry. Human nature to worry a little bit. Well, Josh Heupel may be sensing that. You know, went on the Eric Ains show on Tuesday and kind of put some of these 
these frets to rest. Um, give it a listen. This is Josh Heupel on the Eric Ains Show, 9 to noon on the Sports Animal. And Eric just kind of says, you know, hey, coach, what is going on with what's going on with the Oklahoma job? You have any comment on that? Here is Josh Heupel. Yeah, yeah I, you know, as uh, as you build a sex, successful for cro- program uh, with your, your staff and players, uh, certainly, you know, your name has an, an opportunity to come up uh, for different openings. Um, I just you know, for myself and my family, we absolutely love Knoxville, and and uh, we came to Tennessee uh, because of the power of the T. Uh, believed in the power of the fan base and and the opportunity to build something extremely special. It's a program that's top ten in the history of college football wins and first round draft picks. Um, you know, and and had been through you know some uncertainty in in recent times, but uh, we love being in Knoxville. Uh, that's home for us. I love being in the building with our staff and our players. And I know uh, feel stronger today than I did 10 months ago when I first took the job about what we're going to be able to do and how quickly we're going to be able to get there. I, I know uh, we're building a, a championship-caliber football team and program and um, excited to continue on that, that venture uh, with our current players and staff. Coach, we appreciate everything you're doing, and we know that every time there's an opening in the future – your name, you're going to be like, you'll be like Mike Gundy, but better. Every time there's an opening, everyone's, oh, is he going to go? Is he going to go? So what What I heard you say is you're staying at Tennessee and coaching football, yeah? For this yeah, year, for we, now. Yeah, we, we we absolutely love Tennessee and, and uh, believe what we're going to be building here. And uh, can't be happier and more excited about what we're going to be able to do uh, next year and in the coming years. And so while you listen there, it sounds like a coach that is you know very – very happy where he is. And I understand some of you guys might may be saying, you know, that's just coach speak. And let me tell you, I cover Josh Heupel. I cover the Tennessee football program. Boy, he's not been a head coach for very long, but he knows how to do the coach speak. That is for sure, right? Um, and I get some of that was kind of coach talk and all that. But like I've said before, I genuinely believe that he likes being here in Knoxville and he is trying to build something and he is trying to turn this program around. And um, I think he wants to be here, and that's kind of what he said right there when he uh, came on the Eric Ains show. So, you know, for the half-empty glassers out there, I understand Josh Heupel did not come out and say, I will not be the next head coach at Oklahoma. Now, even if he did, I mean, Nick Saban, i.e., you know, Dolphins heading to Alabama, he said he was not going to be the head coach at Alabama, took the job. Lincoln Riley saying, I'm not going to be the head coach at LSU. That's true, but then he bolted for USC the next day. I get coaches do say that. But Josh Heupel never came out and said, I will not be taking that job if offered. He didn't say that. But, I mean, what more do you want him to say, right? I mean, he said everything but that. Uh, I feel like if you can't hear those comments from Josh Heupel from yesterday on the Eric Ains show, then, I mean, you're just really trying to dig and really trying to be scarred, right? Not to mention, Eric asked the follow-up, you know, saying, so just to be clear, you're going to be coaching here next year. He didn't, he didn't even say the year after that. He just said next year. And Heupel said, yeah, 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 I mean, yada, yada, yada. And so... Josh Heupel's going to be your head coach here at Tennessee, you know, for ne- next year, in my opinion, for, you know, a, a while after that. Um, so, you know, that's that. And and so I, I spoke with people earlier in the week. Um, I spoke with a, a very reliable, you know, person that is, you know, working closely, you know, with Josh Heupel on a daily basis. And we we're just kind of coming up in conversation. I didn't even really ask him about it. He just kind of said, you know, laugh, 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 quote, um, ain't no way Josh is bad work going back there as long as Bob Stoops is there, end quote, right? And so that was what was told to me earlier in the week, and that's just you know one of the conversations I've had on the subject with some people that would be more in the know than I am. So I never thought it was a distinct possibility, but it's good to hear Josh Heupel 
you know, kind of come out here and say that. Did he have to do that? No, he didn't have to do that. But, uh, you know, is it always needed? It's not always needed, but I think it's sometimes needed. Really, this one, I didn't think it was really even that needed, but he decided he kind of wanted to do that. And I'm saying he decided he wanted to do that. This was not a pre-scheduled interview where Eric just asked him that on the fly. No, this was Josh Heupel that sought coming on this radio show for this purpose. Okay, that's how that worked. Um, so anyway, I wanted to play that for you guys. I wanted you to hear his comments. And for those of you guys that still were kind of worried, and that's fine. It's human nature. I mean, look what Lane Kiffin did. I get it. Um, I wanted you guys to hear that if you hadn't heard it already, and maybe that I'll put some of your doubts uh, to rest a little bit. So from sounding like it, Josh Heupel is going to be here at Tennessee, and he doesn't want to leave, right? I mean, he has been on the road recruiting and recruiting and recruiting, in-home visits, in-home visits, at-school visits, uh, you know, really since the season's been over. I mean, they took off on Sunday, and they, you know, a lot of times they haven't even been back yet. So, you know, Josh Heupel is your head coach at the University of Tennessee, and he's he's working towards trying to round out this recruiting class of 2022 with the early signing period now. Hey, looky there, just two weeks away. So, Wanted to play that audio. We'll have more on recruiting as the week goes on. I can tell you that. And, um, you know, so Josh Heupel is trying to to make the most of that here in a power T football hat. So we will move on. Tennessee basketball was out on the court last night. A big win over Presbyterian. And uh, we'll break down that matchup here on the other side. But first, it is bet online. BetOnline's got you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues with the march through the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Las Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest. Bet online is the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, it is where the game starts. And it wouldn't be a show without talking about one of our favorite sponsors. They're all our favorites, but Built Bar's been with us, you know, for, for quite some time. It is again Built Bar, right? The holiday season. Grab a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. It's a built bar filled with so many holiday goodness, rich and delicate flavors, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy in so many flavors. You have a hard time choosing. Well, you have the raspberry or mint brownie, the cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Bill Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down the mall doors and battle all those holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in the endless shopping lines, Bill Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or in your purse, and you never ha- you never know when you might need it. Okay, seriously, you never know when you might need it because it's the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Bill Bar flavor at a family party. People are so passionate about those favorite flavors, they'll fight you for it, and things could get out of hand. So. Uh, you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw in some Bilt Bars in those stockings with so many flavors, they make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. All right, so a new offer. Go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. That's at Bilt.com. One last segment to go here on a hump day edition of Locked on Vols. That is Wednesday. Big thanks to Josh Ward for stopping by the show earlier uh, today. And, of course, 
We talked Josh Heupel and how he has intentions of remaining at Tennessee in segment two. But, hey, there was a basketball game last night. Uh, Eric Kane here on Lockdown Vols. Thanks for uh, joining us here today. Uh, Tennessee 86, Presbyterian 44. The Volunteers, I mean, just cruising, right? Uh, Tennessee's 5-1, and one, one lone loss to fifth-ranked Villanova where Tennessee didn't even show up. It was in that uh, Hall of Fame tip-off tournament. Tennessee, you know, just got just drilled. It was a horrible, horrible game against Villanova. But then it responded the next day in that tournament against number 18 Carolina and beat them 89-72. But outside of those two games, I mean, Tennessee's cruised, right? That's what regular season basketball is. UT Martin, ETSU, uh, Tennessee Tech, which I won't say cruised in that one. That was a little iffy there for quite some time. Actually trailed at the half, uh, but then a Presbyterian uh, here last night. And so, you know, last night was no different. Tennessee shot 56% from the field, was shooting 57% at one point in time uh, in the first half. Tennessee was 9 of 14 from three in the first half, shooting well over uh, well over 50% there in that regard. Tennessee finished the game making 14 three-pointers, shooting 67%, or 52% rather, and made 6 of 9 free throws. Tennessee forced 30, no, 25, excuse me. Tennessee forced 25 turnovers uh, from Presbyterian. Tennessee only turned it over eight times. Tennessee got 33 points off turnovers last night, and Tennessee just dominated the board. So, I mean, total rebounds, Tennessee actually, excuse me, I'm reading that wrong. Presbyterian actually had more rebounds in Tennessee, but it didn't even matter because of the turnovers. Uh, there was there, there was no sense in even that stat being being a thing because Presbyterian is going to turn it over. Tennessee will take advantage of it, and uh, Tennessee did that with 33 points off the turnovers. Tennessee had 26 assists as well. So um, it was a balanced scoring effort for Tennessee last night. If you watch that game again, it's one of those games where Rick Barnes can empty his bench. I mean, you had, I mean, outside of the starting five, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You had 15 players play. Everybody literally emptying the bench. Every walk-on got on in this basketball game. And, of course, Josiah Jordan-James still didn't play in this basketball game. So uh, you still have one other player that could go. But uh, Tennessee had four players scoring double figures, 15 points apiece for Kennedy Chandler and uh, Justin Powell. Powell, who missed the Tennessee Tech game with illness. He was back. He looked good. He was 5 of 6 shooting from uh, from the field. He was 5 for 5 of 3. Man, he looked dynamite from 3 in 21 minutes played. Kennedy Chandler continues to be solid as a rock. 7 of 14 from the field. He had 7 assists. Only had uh, He had no turnovers in this game in 26 minutes. You know, the post um, the, the post play, it was more of a backcourt game, but you know, Fulkerson and, and Kumwad uh, combined for six points. Again, they don't shoot an awful lot, especially when Tennessee gets in this groove where you're making a lot of threes. I mean, both those guys, Folky and uh, Kumwa, uh, they just combined for four shot attempts. You know, Folky had four, Kumwa had two uh, points apiece. And then Santiago Vescovi, I mean, he made a three-pointer as well, had 13 points and 24 minutes of action. But again, I just, I like the quality and depth of what this team brings. In games like this, you can play Brandon Huntley Howfield, get him 14 minutes and get him some critical minutes and, and sort of trying to learn this offense and getting some some playing time at this level, right? He finished it with six points. He was good shooting from the field, uh, three of five. He grabbed two boards as well. Um, you know, another guy, you know, uh, Zakai Meshack or Zakai Ziegler, excuse me, um, was fantastic. And he was huge in Tennessee's game against Carolina. I mean, he's a guy that, again, as I pointed out in this podcast, I don't think that he's a guy that 
came here thinking, okay, I'm just going to sit back, do nothing, wait till Kennedy Chandler leaves, and then go. No, I think he has a role in this team, and I think it's right now. I mean, he's continuing to get you know 10-plus minutes each and every game, and he finished with nine points last night, three of five shooting, two of, two of three from three-point range, and he had two assists. I mean, he is a really, really solid player, and Tennessee finally has, has point guard options when it didn't have point guard options for – uh, just the longest time. And so Meshack, who I was trying to think of right there, he got in there. Man, he is a good-looking athlete. I really think he's going to be a good guy down the line. He played seven minutes last night. Quentin DeBunje got in there. He had a three-pointer from the corner, finished with six points and three boards just in limited time. I thought he looked pretty good uh, when he got his opportunities. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a total team effort, right? Now, do we know what this team is? Right now, at this point in the season, no, I still think you're figuring it out. And again, Josiah Jordan James has missed has missed the last what is it two games with that finger, and he continues to be day to day. Rick Barnes did give an update last night saying he doesn't believe surgery will be required. They're just trying to be really, really cautious with Josiah. Um, it is a you know critical injury, especially when you're talking about you know a basketball player and on your shooting hand. So uh, you know this team. I don't think we know exactly what it can be yet. Um, and, and again, when you get Josiah back in the mix, you start working on those player groupings. You start working on you know who's out there and what situations. Because right now, at times, you know you, you'll have Ziegler on the court and Channel on the court. I think that might be the norm a little bit, but it's not going to be the norm often. You saw a lot of that, especially when Justin Powell. Uh, was out last game against Tennessee Tech. So um, still a lot to learn about this Tennessee team, but it's a Tennessee team that you know can shoot the three from, from you know pretty well. I don't think this is a Tennessee team that lives and dies on the three. It shot a whole lot of threes in preseason, shot a whole lot of threes at the beginning of the season, that game when John Fulkerson was out, but it's kind of come back down to earth a little bit, but it's been efficient in shooting the threes. Now, against Villanova, it was not. Against Tennessee Tech, it was not. But pretty much every other game, it's been really efficient in shooting the threes. But just so many different scoring options, especially in the backcourt. I think Santiago Vescovi has taken such a big step, really working on his body to come in in the best shape he can be. And he's looked great so far this season. You know what you're getting in Kennedy Chandler outside of the Villanova game. He's been consistent, steady Eddie the entire season as a true freshman. And then Victor Bailey Jr., a guy that I haven't even mentioned yet, he got the start last night because Josiah was out, and he is the definition of hit or miss, right? Well, he was all hit last night, 14 points, had four three-pointers, and with four of eight from uh, the field. So Tennessee has a whole lot of options. Now, you're not going to learn an awful lot about your team playing with the likes of Presbyterian, you know, Tennessee Tech, ETSUs, and UT Martins. But, you know, the challenges will come. You'll be on the road at Colorado this weekend. You'll have a game against Tennessee Tech next week. And then a couple cupcakes before you have that showdown with Memphis right before Christmas. And then Arizona, Alabama, and then on into the SEC schedule. So it was a good showing for Tennessee last night against Presbyterian. Again, the final score was 86-44. to Tennessee held every player. There was not a player that got over 10 points, over 9 points, really, uh, for Presbyterian, the Blue Hose, uh, in that one last night. Uh, Presbyterian finished the game shooting 2 of 10. That was the current trend left out on uh, the field defensively for Tennessee, and they shot 38% on the field from the field all night long. So a good win for Tennessee. The challenge will come up, but right now it's just kind of that early season basketball where you're going to see a whole lot of blowouts, and Tennessee is just trying to figure out itself before you get into that gauntlet of uh, the SEC schedule. And Tennessee, of course, you know, the SEC is – it's going to be tough. I think there's, what, six teams ranked inside the AP Top 25 this week. Tennessee is ranked 13th. 
And, I mean, you got the likes of Arkansas, Alabama. You got the likes of Florida, of Kentucky. You know, I mean, this is, you know, it's it's a good basketball conference. All right, it really, really is. It's not the old basketball conference at the SEC. You know, there's a lot of players here in Tennessee, one of the better players in the SEC, more complete than last year, and off to a good start. All right, so that's going to do it for a Wednesday show. Fun show, guys. Appreciate you dialing in. Josh Ward, we talked about Josh Heupel. It was the Josh show, really. And then we talked about, we recapped a Tennessee basketball win. So you made Locked On Vols your first listen today. Now let's go make Locked On Bets your second listen, okay? You got your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling. They're going to give you all the numbers, all the lines, give you the advice when you're picking who to take tonight later on. It is your one-stop shop for all your betting needs. That is Locked On Bets. Make that your second listen. We got two more shows this week, Thursday and Friday shows, and we're going to have a whole lot of fun with it, so please dial back in. This is Locked On Vols, available five days a week, completely free on every single platform, and uh, appreciate you guys for dialing in. You guys have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.